What makes a law firm? It's about passion, knowledge, understanding, and service. That's what defines Fluxman's. In this podcast series, we take you behind the desks of some of South Africa's smartest legal minds. Galia Bloch is uh, one of the lawyers here at Fluxman's, and we're very excited to talk to her today, as we have been with a number of the, of the uh, attorneys here. What we're trying to do is to get behind the desks of some of South Africa's smartest attorneys, and Galia is absolutely one of them. Galia completed her BCom in 2008, majoring in law and marketing, and then did an LLB in 2010. She was also inducted into the Golden Key Society, which is the top 15% of her year. So you're no slouch. Got to try hard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. And not just try hard, but do hard as well. So uh, you did your articles at Fluxman's from 2010 to 2012. And you were admitted as an attorney in April of 2012. You obtained your right of appearance. So you go to the high court. You are a litigator. I do. And not all attorneys get to do that. No. uh, Most attorneys uh, do get admitted with their right of appearance, but they don't appear in court. I have started to do that. Is that your favorite part of it, litigating? Oh, yes. Love litigation. Love the time limits, the... Love the pressure, but don't love the pressure. I perform better under pressure. Yeah, and, and of course, in a court, there's, you know, there's a lot that can happen. There's a lot that can go right or wrong, and it's, uh, it's very dependent on the circumstances of the day, the judge. Well, depending on the judge you yeah. get, it could go very <laughs> wrong. <laughs> now, I mean, you talk about the pressure. When you go to court, um, I assume there's always a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes. You know, people watch these law shows on TV and they tend to get the impression that lawyers pitch up and they always know exactly what's going on. They've got all the details. They've got everything that they need right in front of them. That's not the case sometimes, no matter how prepared you are. No, well, in the in TV programs, they basically go to court the next day and their witnesses are miraculously prepared and um, they've got all the documents ready. Meantime, in, in real life, it takes about two years to get to court if it's a trial and there's a lot of preparation that goes through um, that we have to go through to prepare w- uh, witness consultations, d- making discovery, getting all the documents in order, preparing trial bundles, um, a, a lot of uh, meetings, and, and, and some very unglamorous paperwork that you have to sit for hours and hours at your desk preparing. And we go through a lot of paper, precedents, and all kinds of things that you have to look through, right? Well, precedents you look through when you're preparing pleadings, but each case is different, so it's never yeah. the same. But it's fun to look at all the different circumstances of each case and um, tailor it and come up with your strategies and what you admit, what you deny, what you um, – this is all in the rules, but like um, confess and avoid. So basically say this is right, but this is the circumstances that took place. What's the best part of, of that kind of litigation and what's the worst? Actually doing the appearance and, and, and talking through what your – your pleadings are, what your, your case is? So I don't uh, do all appearances. I've just started out, so I do more okay. unopposed stuff, and I'm working up to doing opposed. But I'm used to doing opposed stuff in the magistrate's court, but in high court it's a little bit more intimidating because you're around with all advocates. So, um, is, there, is there any kind of rivalry between the advocates and the attorneys? That- no. Most of, the case, most of the time you fight the case and not the attorneys. Right. But you do get sometimes that you do fight the attorneys and it gets a bit acrimonious. Um, that's when it's fun to write some nice letters <laughs> <laughs> to, to get your point across and it's a matter of who's right. But um, 
that's it is a lot of fun, but it's, uh, it's better when you're on good terms with the attorney on the other side and you're just fighting the facts of the case. And I'm sure that you, you end up seeing a lot of the same people over and over again in court. You see a lot of them in meetings before and after. So there, there's, a, there's a sense of collegiality. There's a sense of kind of these are professional people. We're going to play the game, not the, play the ball, not the man, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. No. I mean, I'd imagine there's also there are occasions where you, you, you get really into a matter and it becomes massively important to you and it feels good when you win those. Most cases get like that, especially when you're working on them for so many hours and preparing and so many years, yeah. um, you do get a little bit emotionally invested in the outcome. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the things that you do to relax, to get out of the headspace that you have to be in when you go to court or when you're busy with work here at the firm. Um, how do you relax? What do you well, do for fun? Generally, I'm the lawyer at work and I tend to leave the lawyer at work. So when I leave the office, I try to leave it there because otherwise the litigation frame of mind is not good to interact with your friends with um, <laughs> everything will else. turn into an argument. It, well, that and you become a bit, you know, thinking in the, there's a certain way of thinking with the litigation. So it's better not to take that home. Um, but I really enjoy reading, um, like getting lost in a story because it takes you into another world. So it takes you away from thinking about your matters, even though late at night you tend to think, oh, I was, what I was going to do about that matter. Um, and uh, really enjoy cooking. Not uh-huh. so much the cleaning up part. No, but nobody does. <laughs> Never met anyone who said that they do, so don't feel bad about that. Yeah. And I've also noticed here at, at Fluxman's that there, I, I met the two Lisas as well, and there are, there are a number of, of very, very strong women here who seem to be forging their own path. Uh, and, and, you know, the law is considered by many people to still be quite a male profession. It's male-dominated, certainly. A lot of the judges are males. Um, and, and it must be different from the point of view of a woman. Um, in the law. I mean, do you find that that's a challenge that you, you're excited about, or do you find that it can sometimes get you down? It doesn't get me down, but it is a bit of a challenge because most of the time I do find that I'm the only woman in the room. Mm. Uh, so I, I do feel like sometimes I think because I'm a woman and I'm short, <laughs> so um, I think I can be underestimated, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, then they're unprepared. Not that they're unprepared, but they just don't see me coming. Even better. You can surprise them in court, take them down at the knees when they don't know what's happening. So I would imagine also that you, you do need to escape the, the pressure and, the, and the, particularly in, in litigation, the, the, the craziness of the courtroom. And when you get home, you said you like cooking. I believe you also like to read a lot of fiction. Yes, and Jim, Jim and is Jim, important. You've got to keep healthy, right? Sometimes hard to get there, but it's, it's good when you're there. When do you usually go? Do you go in the afternoons or do you go first thing in the, in the morning? Oh, no, I can't get up in the morning, so after work. <laughs> <laughs> Always after work. So just go back to the stories for a second, because I, I think that fiction is quite an interesting choice of something to do to let off some steam. And what kind of stuff do you read? So I read murder mysteries, which I find not unlike law, because you've got to find out who it is and how to... How they get there. That's cool. And a lot of uh, fantasy and uh, Lucinda Riley, which is more um, drama, I think. Yeah. But it's it's just escapism, it's, right? Exactly. You want to just get get your head out of out of the seriousness of day to day stuff. Yes. And 
I'm interested in the in the areas of law that you specialize in at the moment, commercial and and residential evictions primarily. Um, what what's that like? Because I imagine there's quite a lot of hairiness there too in terms of people who have to be taken out of a building that they've illegally occupied. There are lots of stories in the news around kind of the red ants who are called in for this kind of thing. Is that mostly where you're involved? It's not really with the red ants, but with um, with uh, residential and commercial evictions. So, for example, in a commercial building where a business hasn't paid rent for quite a while and they're in breach of their lease and you need to get them out so that you can suffer less damages in that you're not um, – not getting your rent and mm. not paying city of Joburg or the municipality for rates and taxes. And in other circumstances where it's residential, where you have a tenant who's living there and they've also once again breached their lease agreement or they're living there unlawfully and you need to get them out. I've heard, I've heard horror stories about this. Is it very difficult to get someone out if they are, are a tenant in a, in a property that you own? It is difficult because, um, especially with, um, residential properties because you have to follow the Prevention of Illegal Evictions Act. And it takes a few months, quite a few months to get them out and in the interim the landlord's suffering damages. So they are, um, there's a something called a rent interdict summons which you can go and send the sheriff and they attach the goods in the property to, um, so that you have some security for your, your, the rent that you've, uh, that you've, um, forfeited. Yes, that you're not getting. And, um, then you've got to start a process of the application for the eviction, which is a two-step process because uh, you have to launch the main application, mm-hmm. which is then served by sheriff on the tenant. Then, um, depending if they oppose or not, if they oppose, it does take a lot longer. Uh, you have to launch another ex parte application to serve a notice in terms of the Prevention of Illegal Evictions Act to notify the tenant that they have certain rights, that they um, can come to court to say the circumstances in which they um, cannot move. For example, they're disabled, they've got minor children or they're old, um, and that they're entitled to legal representation. But if you if you sign a, a rental agreement with someone, a lease agreement, and, and you've got a tenant, let's say they're, they're in for a period of a year or two, I mean, surely that contract has some force generally they've breached that contract by not paying the rent so then you want to cancel the agreement to get them out but then they don't leave yeah so you can't get them out and you're not allowed to lock them out because that's something called spoliation which is unlawful you're not allowed to take away possession of something that someone has and take the law into your own hands so it sounds like that's when people call you that is when people call me so do they they call you up with these complicated agreements, or is it usually just the, the way you've described it, that someone just won't leave after the, the period of their lease has expired, or they stop paying rent? It's generally in those circumstances. Wow. wow. So would you advise people shouldn't have properties that they rent out? Is it just too difficult to manage these things? No, it's just take the precautions in order to cover yourself. Try ask for three months' rent as a deposit, or if they can't pay the deposit, get a surety for for that deposit or get someone to try and sign, especially for commercial properties, surety ships to cover the rent and obligations of the company that is renting the premises, just to safeguard you. Because also for, as I said, these matters take a few months to get to court. You want to try limit your liability and minimize your damages because often you can't recover those damages because the tenants don't have money. So where do you start as a lawyer? Do you send them a rude letter? I send them... <laughs> 
a letter cancelling the lease and asking them to leave by a certain date. Obviously, uh-huh. you have to give reasonable no, uh, them a reasonable amount of time. Does to that usually do it? You don't need to? No. Oh, really? No. Often they just ignore that and they st- sometimes they, le- they leave, but uh, sometimes they don't. Then you wow. send them another letter to say, well, you haven't left, so you're in unlawful occupation, and an application for your eviction will be instituted. Wow. And then what happens with the actual eviction? Do, do like heavies arrive at the door and pull them out of their bedroom and... Well, once, <laughs> once you get a court order um, authorizing the eviction, the sheriff will be authorized to go to the court uh, to the residence and forcibly remove them from the residence. Sure. So he will go in there and start taking out the stuff from the premises. Wow. Well, often we would have attached that those goods, and if they haven't been removed, then we can hang on to those goods. The person needs to leave, and then we can sell the goods to recover rent. Sure. I imagine that there's some very, very interesting stories that come out of that. Yeah. Yes. Without mentioning names, I can see. I'm sure there are. All right. So, Galia, what's it like working at Fluxman's? I love it here. The culture is one that suits my personality perfectly. It's open door. Uh, we often discuss matters with each other to also come up with new ideas. It's a very, we feel like a family. You know each other. So, I've always loved it here. I, I haven't thought about working anywhere else because you're not a number, you're a person. And the hours are they are they quite hectic because we know that lawyers usually work long and tough hours. It all depends on what's going on at that time. Sometimes you're insanely busy and you have to work a lot, a lot later than normal. But uh, if you your time management is good, then you then they can be reasonable. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like you've got a, a very very busy practice. I'm not going to keep you too long because God knows you probably have to evict some people or. Or or go to court or do something really interesting this morning. So thank you for spending some time with us today. And uh, I hope that you continue to have all the success that you've already had. Thank you. You've been listening to Fluxman's Attorneys for the Love of Law. For more information, go to Fluxman's.com.